Good morning and welcome once again to WinFocus. I'm John Sims and visiting with us this morning, Dennis Colonane, the CEO, and Tim Butler, the Program Services Director for the East Texas Food Bank. Good morning, guys. Great to have you with us. Looking forward to getting caught up. Well, good morning, John. It's always, a, it's always great to be here and talk about what's happening with East Texas Food Bank. Okay. Don't forget, InFocus is available online. Just go to ktbb.com slash InFocus. InFocus is uploaded to our website early in the morning, the day after the show airs. A little bit, first of all, as we always do, about the mission, purpose, just uh, overall goals, uh, the reason for being, as it were, of the East Texas Food Bank. Well, John, our mission is is very simple. Our mission statement is simple. We, we've... Um, we exist to fight hunger and feed hope in East Texas, and it's as simple as that. You know, we're focused on solving the problems of hunger in the 26 counties that we serve here in Northeast Texas, and, you know, that often goes beyond food, but we really work hard to try and stay focused on our mission, and that is to make sure that uh, the 1.2 million people in our service area have healthy food on their table. Okay. And a lot going on at the East Texas Food Bank. There always is, but these days maybe more so even than in the past. This is your 30th year of fighting hunger in East Texas. And really the uh, keynote project, I guess, as it were, for the food bank over the maybe the last year or so has been this big expansion. We talked about that the last time you were here visiting with one of your other colleagues, Donna Spann, and you've come a long way since then. How, what is that all about and how's it going well, now? Well, we've come a long way in that we've actually got it uh, off the ground and uh, we're looking forward to having the, the building completed uh, by the end of this year. And, uh, you know, it's really exciting. It's not huge. You know, we, we're blessed with a big facility now. I think we're about 75,000 square feet. This is going to add 15,000 square feet to it. So it's not, we're not doubling in size or anything like that. But this expansion will be important because it'll help the rest of our facility work better. And it also gives us a platform for our nutrition education programs and really a better area where our volunteers can learn more about our mission and become more effective as they you know, work through sorting, through um, kitting, you know, making the boxes, making the bags, making the backpacks. They'll, they'll be out of the forklift traffic and, and uh, much more productive mm-hmm. in this area. And some of that will be a little bit unfamiliar to a lot of our listeners, but we'll cover all of that. Yeah. Uh, everything from the forklift to the boxes. <laughs> when we yes. uh, Largely when we get into how people can help and actually be mm-hmm. a part of the activity at the East Texas Food Bank, which, by the way, is located same place it's been, I think, from the get-go, 3201 Robertson Road. That's right. And uh, the number, 903-597-FOOD or 597-3663. And so much you can find out if you will take a moment to check the website, which is very easy to remember, easttexasfoodbank.org. Headquartered in Tyler, of course. Mm -hmm. I didn't specify that earlier. But you're serving 26 counties. We'll talk about that in a few minutes as well. Getting back to the expansion, there were some very specific and, frankly, pretty grim reasons that you felt like you had to expand the way you're doing right now. Let's go into some of that, some of the real issues that prompted you to uh, start planning and ultimately expanding and doing a lot of changing around of your facility. Right. About six years ago when we really got into the strategic planning sessions that we've been working with, we tried to identify what our long-term objectives would be as far as meeting the needs of hunger here in East Texas. And really, as we exist to fight hunger in East Texas, we measure that by how many meals we're distributing per person that's eligible. Not everybody who's eligible for the services that we provide are food insecure. 
so people will do flow in and out of food insecurity. But uh, and eligibility is 185% of the poverty level. And that's basically for a family of four, about $45,000 a year in income, you know, that household income. So family at that income level may not need help, but there's only one or two bad things away from, uh, you know, from really having to make some difficult decisions. So, John, what we what we strive to do is to be able to, to provide one meal a day for every person in our service area for each month of the year. So that's, uh, you know, it doesn't sound like a lot, but we would have to double our distribution if we were if we did that. Um, we, we uh, according to Feeding America with the Hunger Study, uh, we're serving about two National Umbrella Organization for yeah, Food well, Banks, I guess. Yeah, that we're, we're in a member, association member mm-hmm. of Feeding America, which yeah. you know, we're very proud of being that, uh, that part. They assign our 26-county service area as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, with the Hunger Study that they did last in 2014, we're serving about 253,000 people. Mm-hmm. And when so. you talk about food insecurity, that's what you're talking about, what you mentioned a moment ago, people who are maybe one or two bad incidents or bad strokes of luck away from really well, that's the, having to reach out for help. That's the eligibility. The food insecurity are the people that are in that situation oh, okay. right now that don't have the access to the foods that they need to, mm. lead, to lead a healthy lifestyle and thrive. And you know, that's particularly important with children. Okay. Um, so most people have heard of the East Texas Food Bank's works, but can you give us a brief glimpse of hunger in East Texas and how the food bank helps people who are hungry? We're talking some big numbers here. Yes. Well, as I mentioned, we've got uh, uh, 473,000 people eligible. And the last time we – the three years ago when we did our uh, update on our strategic plan, we found that the population actually increased by 5% in that 26-county area, but the eligibility – the people that are eligible for the services really outpaced that growth. So uh, as much as the economy has been improving nationwide, uh, we're not, a lot of our population is not participating in that. We really serve a rural area. And uh, in many cases, a lot of these folks have been left behind. So, you know, we really strive hard to find um, and make sure that we have pantries or partners that are located in the towns and in the counties and areas that that we see that we're not distributing enough meals, you know, that meet those population statistics. So uh, it's it you know we use we use a lot of statistics, um, we use a, some anecdotes, and uh, you know Tim here and his group really work hard to uh, go out and, and develop pantries where they need to be developed, and, and a lot of that's it's about awareness, right, Tim? Yeah, certainly. I mean, we do a we have a concerted effort with our team to get pantries in food deserts is mm-hmm. what we call them. So basically areas where people don't have access to basic needs of food. So whether that's somewhere that they can go and get food within their uh, income level, not have to trans, not have to uh, drive a certain distance to get to a Walmart. We have many counties that don't even have a big box store and that raises the price of living exponentially. Mm-hmm. So our team goes out and finds these food deserts and tries to rally the community around a food pantry to get this resource for people in there. Oh, okay. Just uh, um, taking a moment to remind everyone this is In Focus. I'm John Sims, and we are talking to CEO Dennis Cullinane and Program Services Director Tim Butler of the East Texas Food Bank. Again, that website, easttexasfoodbank.org. Phone number is 903-597-FOOD or 903-597-3663. Three words popping out in my mind at the moment, seniors, children, and rural. 
And it's uh, what you do is by no means restricted to those populations, but those no. are three of the key concerns that you have as you go about your daily business. No, we, we serve the whole family. Uh, why I mentioned children is because that's our future. And in order for our local and regional economy here in East Texas to thrive, it's going to be built upon education. And these children cannot get a quality education. They cannot uh, perform well in school if they don't have those basic needs met, like like mm-hmm. their stomachs full with healthy food. So, you know, that's why they're important. Seniors are important uh, because they really don't have many lifelines as far as yeah. there's isolation, there's uh, limited income, uh, they have other stresses on them with regards to, to health care. So um, seniors are very important as well. Okay. So agencies like St. Paul Children's Center in Tyler, PATH also in Tyler, and others, yeah. they come to rely on the East Texas Food Bank and get food and uh, then distribute it to the the food to those in need. Uh, Tell us just briefly, uh, I think I've kind of explained a little bit of it, but how exactly does that work? This will help paint a clearer picture of exactly what the food bank's in the business of doing. Well, these are partners of ours. That's the way we we see them as partners. And we're going to be effective with East Texas Food Bank with strong partners. So a lot of our programs are focused on really trying to develop them as nonprofits in their own right. And, um, you know, as I as I said, we're we're also encouraging them to broaden some of the work that they do, with collaboration with other agencies in their area. You know, along the lines of uh, education and and workforce development. But uh, we're really there to uh, to to serve the the needs for the food part of that and to really help them with with education. So, you know, we've got about two hundred partner agencies uh, in our service area that we rely on to help to distribute those foods because in our philosophy, we're not going to solve this problem by driving trucks from our distribution center in Tyler into small towns. The towns have to really take that on themselves, and we're here to help support that. Mm-hmm. But every day your 18-wheelers are out delivering food to your partner agencies. Tim, is this pretty much where you come in? Uh, uh, I guess even that is just part of what you do. But as program services director, I guess that's a big part of what you're responsible for, getting that food out there. Yeah, certainly. So you mentioned, John, we're hitting our 30th anniversary. A lot of these nonprofits that we partner with are also hitting their 30th or their 25th. So they've been operating for a long time as well. We really want to build capacity on their level mm-hmm. and build this partnership up so they can serve more folks. So we're working really hard for that. You mentioned some of the gigantic agencies or the big ones, the food pantries that a lot of people know. So PATH here in Tyler, Community Information Services down in Lufkin. These are really big agencies. Salvation Armies. Longview Community. Mm -hmm. Longview Dream Center is Mm -hmm. pretty large. We have a big one in Marshall. But there are several that are in small places like Timpson Mm -hmm. in Shelby County or Orr City or Clarksville, way up north in the Oklahoma border. And a lot of them are faith-based. Some of them aren't, and they're all doing good work out there. But the majority of the food we send out is through these pantries mm-hmm. on the pantry level. So they're going to get the uh, pretty large amount of the food through us. They get it through other sources as well, but then they're distributing it to their clients through their distribution time. But we also have certain programs that are aimed at specific demographics that are experiencing hunger. And one of those is child hunger. So if you're a child living in East Texas and you're in a low-income family, and you're at risk of hunger, there are three big meal gaps in your life, especially if you rely on the National School Lunch Program. So when do you not have access to school lunch? It's going to be summertime, it's going to be the weekends, and it's going to be supper. 
So we have three very specific programs that help kids in those areas. Uh, right now, in the kind of odd summer we're having with all the rain, we're in the middle of summer feeding. Mm-hmm. We're feeding about 3,000 kids a day across East Texas with uh, prepped meals that they can get at their public natural spots where they're going to congregate. So parks, boys and girls clubs, uh, churches, things of that nature where they can come, get a free free meal, no income guidelines. Basically, if they're 18 or below, they get a free meal. Okay. Talking to Tim Butler and Dennis Colonane with the East Texas Food Bank, I'm John Sims. This is In Focus, 903-597-FOOD, 903-597-3663. If you want to contact the food bank by phone, they're at 3201 Robertson Road in Tyler near the TJC West Campus. And the website, easttexasfoodbank.org. We've talked a lot already about food insecurity and uh, people who are that close to being food insecure. One in four children are food insecure. One in five adults are food insecure. Just wanted to throw those numbers out there to give folks a better idea of what we're talking about here. And you distributed last year over 22 million meals to East Texas neighbors. So you, uh, uh, just another... Uh, way of getting that message across that you're really, really busy and serving a lot of people in need. And uh, a little bit later on, we're going to be talking more about how uh, uh, people can help with this because you couldn't provide those millions of meals without the community's support. But getting back to some of the programs that you have, you talked about the summer food program, several other programs I wanted to kind of run down maybe briefly for now. And if we have time, maybe go into a little more detail, although we do have some major topics that we yet want to cover. The Fresh Produce Program, maybe mm. we'll talk, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, We're, Our Fresh Produce Program has been thriving for years. Last year, we distributed over 7 million pounds of fresh produce, which is about a third of of our foods that uh, you know we've distributed through the pantries. That's very important, John, because we really are focused on healthy foods and it doesn't get uh, healthier than fresh produce so um, you know it that also leads us to a lot of challenges with some of our pantries produce is very difficult to deal with it's not as easy as shelf stable foods you can't store it for any long period of time we when we receive it uh, usually it's it's uh, at the end of its life and we've got to get it out it never stays in our warehouse for more than a, a day or two mm-hmm. and it, it moves out to uh, partners that uh, you know we know that, that can distribute it right away so it puts a little pressure on that uh, the the final uh, pantry that distributes it they've got to uh, be able to have the date organized for distribution or have some storage and uh, we've been doing a lot of work through granting st- to some of our partner agencies to develop that capacity as well. Okay. You have uh, three major nutrition education programs, Cooking Matters, Direct Education, and the Healthy Pantry. Maybe a little bit about those. Sure. That's our, uh, as you mentioned, nutrition education goes along with with fresh foods. And um, we'll start off, I guess, with Healthy Pantries. Uh, Healthy Pantries is a program that uh, we are working with all of our pantries would like to see become what we call healthy pantries because they're not termed a healthy pantry doesn't mean they're unhealthy but uh, it, these pantries meet some criteria that are, is especially important uh, the clients get to go through those pantries and select their own foods they don't receive a pre-determined uh, box uh, and that that's important because it, it lowers the amount of food waste you know when you're when you're selecting what you want um, they're also trained to to order foods from the food bank that are healthier, low-sodium, shelf-stable foods. And we've got them all designated as a food to encourage. 
Uh, we get a lot of foods into the food bank uh, that are donated that, you know, we say there's no bad food, but there are some foods that are treats, but then there are foods that are sub, you know, the, the basic sustenance, and we want to see a high degree of nutrition. So we encourage our pantries to look for those items, to stock them, to merchandise them, and also we, we emphasize that with uh, – our nutritionists that go into those pantries and also help train them to do food demonstrations and how to use healthy foods. Okay. As far as healthy food drives, um, we're talking about canned and preserved food and foods that are reduced in fat, sugar, and sodium. Tell us a little bit about uh, that aspect of your work. Yes. you know, food drives is an opportunity for you to, uh, to you know, really clean out your pantry. But we're asking you to do a little bit more than that. Be mindful of what you're cleaning out. And uh, go go get some, um, some canned proteins and some peanut butter, some tuna fish, some salmon, canned, canned tunas, uh, chilies, and soups. Those are the things that uh, really can add some value to our inventory and to, to the lives of the people that we serve. While we're on that note, where does... Uh, overall, where does your food come from? Different sources, I know, but um, some of the main donors, and uh, you've already talked about how individuals can be involved with donations, but where does most of it come from? Yeah, it's a very diverse uh, stream of of donations and, and, and sourcing from our foods. About a quarter of it we get through the Department of Agriculture, you know, with, with commodity foods. Uh, we also purchase about a quarter of the foods mm-hmm. that we stock into our warehouse. Uh, and those that's unfortunate because that's been growing a lot more. When we don't get enough foods donated or co- commodities, we, uh, we have a uh, commitment to keep this top 20 pantry staple items in our pantries. If we can't get them donated, we have to purchase them, and we, ha- we make them available to our, our partners on a, on a co-op basis. And uh, we've got tremendous purchasing power, so we're able to do that very well. But, you know, that's the – and fresh produce is also a, uh, another uh, – as I said, it's about a third of our, distrib- uh, of our sourcing, and that's expensive because even though the produce is donated, we've got shipping charges – We've got uh, a pick-and-pack-out fee, meaning that we have to pay the growers something to get it out of the ground. So fresh produce ends up costing us about 15 cents a pound, which is mm. really nothing when you walk into the grocery store and you look at what the price of, uh, the, of produce is mm. in, in the, the produce department. But when you think about uh, the size of a semi-tractor trailer, that's about $5,000 it costs the food bank to bring in and distribute. And yeah. we've got an appetite of about four or five trailers a week. So, yeah, that's where that's where the uh, financial help needs. Okay, talking to uh, Dennis Colonnay, the CEO, and Tim Butler, the Program Services Director of the East Texas Food Bank. I'm John Sims. This is In Focus. Again, that website, EastTexasFoodBank.org, or you can call 903-597-FOOD or food bank located 3201 Robertson Road near the TJC West Campus. I know we wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about your senior programs as well. Yeah, John, so we talked about an at-risk demographic earlier in children, but another big one and a growing one in our area are senior citizens. A lot of them are living at a fixed income, so we kind of talked about how rural East Texas is and how our serving area has unique challenges as far as access to food. So we try to eliminate that barrier with senior citizens and do mobile food drops uh-huh. for senior boxes. So we'll go basically to their area or identify a partner pantry in their area that can get them a big box of food once a month to help supplement um, okay. their groceries. All righty. 
I understand you just launched a new healthcare partnership program, and this is a biggie. Really, I guess along with the expansion, one of the newer highlights of what's going on at the food bank these days. You're in partnership with a couple of other top agencies mm -hmm. in the Tyler East Texas area. How's all that work? That's right, John. It's working really well. We've, we've just rolled the program out. We've been working on it for some time. Uh, but it's called Partners in Health. And this program, it's a nutrition education program that's really designed to uh, be delivered at the point of healthcare. So uh, it's really based on some of the work that the North Texas Food Bank has done in Dallas, uh, along with Feeding America. You know, this is a, a kind of a nationwide effort that we're doing, but we've put our own spin on this and uh, working with the UT Health at Tyler, um, We've actually, they've actually got an IRB, which is an internal research board approval for it. So it's a research project. And what, what, the, what this means is that um, we're going to be studying the clients that come into the program, and they'll be qualified by the doctors. You know, as you come into a clinic and you have, and, you, and we're, we're adding two questions on a client intake survey you know when you go to the doctor you have to fill out the the paperwork uh, but there's going to be two questions inserted in there regarding food insecurity if you have in the last year uh, felt that you didn't have the uh, enough food not access to healthy food and or if you were afraid that you were going to not have access to enough healthy food if you answer yes to either one of those plus you're identified as uh, with one of the diet related diseases such as high blood pressure uh, diabetes or obesity um, they will uh, put you in a cohort of, of other patients, and they'll uh, also take measurements as far as your blood pressure and height and weight and all of those things, and then we're going to measure them again after the program is finished. So they're really collecting a lot of data and trying to demonstrate uh, food as medicine and the effectiveness of nutrition, and especially in our population because um, the hunger study found that you know, our population, 39% of our households that we serve are uh, have had one member with diabetes. 65% mm. of those have one with uh, one member with high blood pressure. And those are, those are much higher numbers than the general population. So we feel like this is a very, very important uh, program uh, because, you know, these, these health problems cost us all money. And you know how... Uh, the cost of health care is going up. So we've really got to take a proactive approach towards uh, relieving that, the pressure on that system. Okay, talking about the Partners in Health program with the Food Bank working in collaboration with St. Paul Children's Medical Clinic and UT Health Science Center at Tyler. Three longtime agencies with a uh, combined very long track record in this area. So it'll certainly be interesting. You just say you just rolled it out. It'll be interesting to see how that progresses yes. and uh, what kind of results come out of it. Thanks for sharing yeah. that information, Dennis. Right. Dennis Colonane, CEO, Tim Butler, Program Services Director of the East Texas Food Bank, our guest this morning on In Focus. I'm John Sims. If somebody needing food assistance is listening, what should that person do? Well, there's a number of ways that you can find help. Uh, you can go, go to EastTexasFoodBank.org, and there's a Find Food button on that website. It's a uh, also a mobile-friendly website. Mm -hmm. If you hit Find Food, uh, then it gives you a couple options where you can uh, hit the drop-down box and look for the county that you, you uh, live in. You can put your, the name of your city. You can put your zip code in, and, and it'll give you a list of the closest, the nearest by pantries that you can access, and also give you a little map and show you where, where all those services are located. If you don't have access to technology, which scarily enough, a lot of people in our service area and still do don't not, have, yeah. uh, 
uh, you can dial 211 and, uh, you know, you'll get some help from, uh, you know, an operator assistant help there or 903 help. Oh, okay. well. 903help.org, the uh, help uh, operation that was kicked off, I think, last year by the, uh, by the East Texas Human Needs Network. Okay. It's also another number, and it's similar to the phone number we've been giving out, 800-815-3663. For people outside that 597 dialing area, right. I think that's probably a good option as well. And ways that East Texans can help. Every time you come in uh, the last several years, Dennis, I've mentioned this, and I happen to be a member of a group that volunteers on a regular basis at the food bank, so I have a lot of inside information on this. <laughs> and uh, Thank you uh, for your help. Sure thing. I uh, Just kind of a, a, a bit of a disclaimer there, if you will, uh, but that's just one way that East Texans can help. They can come to the food bank and volunteer. Right. They can donate food they can donate funds basically food funds and time is what we're talking about here that's absolutely right and funds are critical we're a nonprofit organization and uh, 95% of the funds that we bring in go towards our programs so that's that's a pretty simple equation we can only be as effective as uh, the amount of money that we're able to raise and we've got some high bars to hit you know for the for a 10 year program here so and I'd also mention to you, just as an example, uh, the cost of a tractor trailer of fresh produce. And uh, I think our utility bill is probably approaching about $10,000 a month as well. We've got one of the largest freezers in East Texas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so very, very uh, uh, high overhead when it comes down I've to I've been just in the there. Power. It's big and it's cold. It is cold. <laughs> and it costs money to keep it cold we, and, you know, to keep our trucks on the road. So, you know, th- that's important. But uh, as you experienced, you know, we need help. Uh, as far as, uh, you know, a labor force of volunteers and supporters, because I think when people come to the food bank, there's a, uh, a gathering of people that are of like mind, and they learn a little bit more. We try to educate uh, our volunteer per- groups that come in on the impact that they have when they work there. I think, uh, well, uh, with your group, uh, you, you probably told how many meals that you provided mm-hmm. at the end of that day. And mm-hmm. I think that, that has that, happened from that, time to time, yeah. Yeah, that resonates. Well, you're a regular group. You all you come in every month, and we, we love to start developing more regular groups, especially as we open our new facility. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about the food that we need as well. Um, donate healthy foods in a food drive or come on down to the food bank and, and bring a, a truckload of some foods that you have okay and uh one of the uh, when, when when our group and the groups that we've worked with and it's also a great opportunity to build relationships mm-hmm. with people who come yeah. from uh different walks of life but are of like mind they all want to help out in the same way that day and just some of the conversations you get into with these folks right. is uh, kind of a side benefit of it see there's some very interesting stories they have to tell about their personal lives and what led them to the food bank you might end up packing rice and beans or loading up boxes to distribute to food pantries. One of the things we've had to do is call out stuff that unfortunately just was not quite right. what you needed. And this is a good opportunity to remind people of maybe some of the rules and guidelines they need to follow if they do want to donate food. Sure. Well, Tim, why don't you talk about that a little bit? Because you were, uh, you, Tim came up through our organization and uh, used to oversee some of that at the volunteer center. Then. I remember. Yeah. 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 So all donations are we're, we're happy to accept them, but please keep in mind, if you're donating the canned goods, that they're not severely dented. We want to make sure no one's getting sick or they're eating anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so healthy canned goods that are still in pretty good condition are great. Keep an eye on that date on the side of your packaging and make sure that it's still intact as well. 
there are some things that we can go past that date, but it's something that uh, can get a little tricky from time to time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, donate it. And we'll, because we have a philosophy of when we're in doubt, we'll throw it out. And sometimes we get criticized for, for tossing a lot of foods out, but we just, we can't take the risk of, um, mm-hmm. you know, food safe foods. Yeah. We've got to have, we've got to have good food safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want to hurt people in the efforts that we're putting out. Okay. And any questions anybody might have, any information that they might want to get, again, go to that website, easttexasfoodbank.org, and you can call in the Tyler area, 903-597-FOOD, or you can call 800-815-3663. As far as donating money is concerned, easy to do. I'm sure they can donate through the website. Yep. Drop a check in the mail. Absolutely. Maybe drop one by the office. And if you have any questions about that, you can always go to the website or call one of those phone numbers, 597-FOOD or 903-597-3663. Getting down close to the end of the show, maybe got a little bit more than a minute left. And I think we want to go uh, back to the what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, the big expansion coming up. And in the absence of any real big special events or fundraisers, I guess you do have a big event coming up um, within the next year or so. You're going to be having a uh, – you're planning a grand opening for the newly uh, renovated uh, distribution center probably uh, spring of next year? Yeah, we are. We're um, looking at wrapping up the construction by the end of this year, and and uh, we're, we're still – we sent out a save the date for January 31st. We may push that back to uh, – uh, around March 1st, but we're going to be shoring that up real soon, and it's going to be exciting because this will be a, uh, a big opportunity for the community to come in to a, a new place and see, uh, you know, all of the work that we're doing here at the East Texas Food Bank. They'll be able to see, um, you know, and we'll explain how this is helping us distribute foods better and how it helps our volunteers be more effective okay that's about all the time we have today but i'm john sims this is in focus been visiting with tim butler and dennis colonane from the east texas food bank lots going on and if you circle back around in about a year and we do another show like this i'm sure there will be a lot of new information to share as well thanks for visiting with us thank you john thanks john you bet dennis colonane tim butler from the food bank our guest this morning i'm john sims thanks for joining us see you again next week on in focus